Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcasts. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today I'm going to talk with David about the life-enriching capability of mindfulness. Being acutely aware means better living by far. Hey David, it's Grandpa. Obvious. It's nearly the opposite of oblivious. But it's not quite the opposite, is it? Obvious suggests that something is clear and easily observable. Oblivious suggests somebody whose head is in a different place. He's not paying attention to his surroundings or to his thoughts. He doesn't see what is obvious. I'm going to talk with you today about being aware. Aware of your environment, aware of what people are thinking or saying, even aware of your thoughts and of your emotions, especially why you have such emotions. I want you to be aware of why you feel the way you feel so you can guide your life into richness. I promised I would talk about mindfulness. So I am. That term conveys to me a hoity-toity elitist concept. Instead, let my words today be the redneck form of mindfulness. I call it good old-fashioned paying attention. I say, be present in the moment, whatever that might entail. It might be alert and active participation with your friends or family, rather than being absorbed by the world of your cell phone, texting while people around you are interacting. It might be close scrutiny to your feelings when you sense hurt or anger or even panic. It might involve being aware of all the beauties and or dangers around you on a hike through the woods or while driving. It could be any of these things or a thousand more just like them. Today's thoughts are practical and helpful. After all, if your head is in the game, you're ahead of the game. Listen to my story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. No, wait, that's a different story. I want to tell you about a man I knew a few years ago, several years ago. He was good at his job, and he was proud that he was good at his job. He had a family, a wife, and two young children when I knew him. I don't know that this happened every day, but I know that it was a fairly typical occurrence when he came home from work. His wife told me so later. Let me back up and tell you a bit about the setting. His home had an interesting floor plan, maybe because it was a mobile home back in the late 70s. 
As he came in through the front door, he entered directly into his living room. Off to the left was a hall that led away to three bedrooms. Straight across from the entry door, on the other side of a dividing counter, was the kitchen. Then, as he continued through the kitchen, there was a small room off to the right. Maybe it was intended to be the pantry, but my friend used it as his study. I'll just call it his den. Now, get the picture. He comes through the front door into the living room with his children gathered there on the carpet for TV or homework or just for play. From there, he proceeds into the kitchen where his wife is preparing dinner, but he passes through the kitchen into his den, almost without acknowledging her. He's been away from home all day, but when he comes home, he walks past his children, past his wife, and goes directly into his den, closes the door, and starts reading the newspaper. That man was not present. He was in the house, but he was not present. When he came to my door one day, tears in his eyes, there was nothing I could say to him. He told me his wife was leaving him. He had been so oblivious to her needs, to her moods, to her, that it was easy for her to strike up an affair with someone else and then leave him. As sad as it is, David, it's a true story. Even more sadly, it could have been my story. Maybe dealing with him gave me a better perspective on being attentive to my wife, your grandmother. Maybe it was the wake-up call I needed. But the bottom line for my friend was a broken family and a ruined marriage. It could have been different if he had used purposeful, present pondering. All he needed to do was let the information in. That phrase is a bit cumbersome, isn't it? Purposeful, present pondering. So let's restate it. Attentive alertness. There's real danger of being so absorbed in me, my thoughts, my wants, my opinions, that I cannot or do not see the ripples in my life or in the lives of those around me, especially the ones I love. The potential to ruin things through neglect or especially through simply failing to be observant must awaken within you the determination to be alert and attentive to the swirl of life around you. More importantly, David, the world is teeming with opportunities for love, adventure, friendship, employment, and career, or any other beauties of enjoyment. Day and night, indoors or out, our world reverberates with fascination, things to observe. Opportunities are just waiting to be seen, to be noticed, then to be grabbed. Attentive alertness is all you need to harvest the rich world of opportunities that surrounds you every day. I know your dad and brother have gone rock hunting. Maybe you've gone with them. Finding unique rocks or fossils or petrified wood must be exciting. I know it is to your dad and your brother and probably to you too. I know I'd be excited. That's what I'm talking about in this talk. 
being alert to what's going on around you. Have you ever wondered how many other people have walked right past that rock that grabbed your attention? Why did they walk past it? And you didn't. Attentive alertness. You were looking for it. You spent a year with AmeriCorps. You saw things you'd never seen before. You put yourself into situations you've never been in before. You shone through the whole of it. I'm so proud of you. You became aware of what was going on. You observed how your friends interacted, how some of them had to leave the group. You saw their mistakes, and you saw their strengths. You saw your own weaknesses, too, as well as your strengths. You overcame many doubts in your heart, and you came away with a sense of, I can do this. That's what I'm talking about. Being aware of your emotions, being aware of the people, and being aware of your surroundings. Do you remember working on the Appalachian Trail? You were alert to many obstacles, as well as their solutions. Take that lesson and expand it into your full life. That's what I'm talking about. This is crucial, David. When you are with people, be with them. Hear them, not just the words, but the heart. When you are at work, be there 100%. Your boss deserves your best effort. Letting your mind wander, getting distracted, dissipates your efforts and gives him less than he's paying for. Staying focused is the only way to give him your best effective effort. When you're driving, stay alert and aware. Here in Washington, we have laws prohibiting impaired or distracted driving. Vigilant driving is life-affirming. You know that. When you're behind the wheel, you have control, or not, over a lot of potential for harm. A slight lapse of attention while doing 60 miles per hour can be fatal. In one second of inattention, your car at that speed will hurtle unguided for almost 30 yards. You might encounter a variety of obstacles, maybe even a human. You've heard of the blind spot, haven't you? What if there's a car on your left in your blind spot at the time you want to move into the left lane? If you're a good driver... You'll be aware of the blind spot and double-check before changing lanes. But if you're truly and attentively alert, you'll already know that the other car is there. You've been tracking him through glances in your mirror, and you're aware that he has moved into your blind spot. Attentive alertness means remaining present in whatever situation or circumstance you might be in. Mindfulness in Pali, one of the major languages of Buddhism, means clear comprehension. It allows you to let outside information into your awareness, which in turn enables you to assess your next step or response. You don't have to respond reflexively. You can respond intentionally if you're paying attention. It also allows you to assess your emotions, why you feel the way you do. Staying ahead of the curve, as it were, is better than missing out 
and far better than messing up. In every way, every aspect of life, especially where interactions with precious people are involved, practicing to be present, to be attentively alert, will fill your life with seized opportunities, and just as importantly, it will diminish the regret that comes from missteps or mishaps that arise from being self-absorbed. As one who has learned the value of vigilant observation, and as one who has loved you all these years, I offer you this advice. Oh, look! Look at the time! I better get out of here! I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you've got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about the power of self-talk. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a a joy-filled week. week.